it's nice, it's polished, it's fit and ready for the world, and it is not a catastrophic failure. So Preston's happy. Yeah, very happy. Hey, Rich. Yo. Let's talk about a cool labs project. You know, usually when we are on this show, we're talking about building products for clients because we like to market. Mm -hmm. And we do that. We go, we sit with you. We're your product partner. We help you with your strategy. And we get you all the way through to the design and build until it's on the phone. And in, in big organizations where it takes a lot of change to get something out the door, we're there with you. That's us. We're the best. We're no, we're really good, frankly. We truly we are. are. And we work with, you know, if you check out our website, you'll see interesting work we've done, postlight.com. But we also do fun stuff inside of Postlight. Hmm. Tell me well, more. Well, I don't need to tell you a damn thing because we have someone here from the org to talk about a small and really fun product that we just shipped. Preston Ritchie. Hey, guys. Hey. Oh, my God. I didn't see you there. What a surprise. Hi, Preston. Hello. Preston, tell us your, what, what are you at Postlight? What is your official title? I'm a software engineer, tending towards uh, Volstack, but uh, yeah, I, I can, I have software engineers. It's on my business card. Did we, did we give you a business card? <laughs> I don't even remember. I was going to say, <laughs> I don't think I've ever given out they're, one. They're, so, they're uh, probably back at the office. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, that's what's on my GitHub profile. Oh, God. Which is probably a better, better indicator. So tell us about the thing you built. It's called Textmoji. And people, if you want to follow along as you're listening to us, you can go to Textmoji, T-E-X-T-M-O-J-I dot app. But what does it do? Well, it's a really simple web page that helps people make emoji, custom emoji specifically. We made this, we're kind of catering it towards Slack because that's what we use and what we a lot of people use. But actually, you, you could use Textmoji to make custom emoji for Discord, for, I don't know, Microsoft Teams, I don't know. There's probably other things that you could do with it. But uh, 200 by 200 pixel PNGs that can say whatever whatever you want. So we have a lot of these in our uh, Postlight Slack. We have a lot of like, thanks, Paula, or okay, or sounds great, or whatever. We have a lot of these. Let's talk about that communication pattern for one sec. Because sure. So what happens is Slack is nominally supposed to be for chat type things. Hit return. Here are some words. Oh, a person said some words in a chat. Okay, I will say some words back. But it turns out that actually confirming and saying like, I heard you or nice comment or that's funny is a disaster. So what happens is that, and many organizations have hit on this pattern individually, people reply with emoji. They reply with little symbols instead, like okay, or like a thumbs up. And Slack has two ways to do it. You could either reply with emoji inline as if that was like a word you were typing, or you can reply, you can hit the little happy face on the message itself and it'll put a little emoji and then people can click on it to kind of double up on the on the sentiment. So at some level, it lets people kind of add a reaction and then other people can kind of come in and add that reaction too. And that keeps the channel from getting just super noisy. So we have probably 4 trillion of those that we have custom created. 
It's yeah, somewhere in the ballpark of like twelve fifty, I think. Uh, at last count, it was like one thousand two hundred and seventy something. My God! No, and yeah. there's there's one. It's literally our the person who runs design, Matt Quintanilla. There's probably thirty of him in different hats, and one where he looks like the Incredible Hulk. There's oh, yeah. a number of Incredible Hulk ones, including some that are kind of indirect criticisms of capitalism. Don't think we don't see, <laughs> um, and stuff like that. But then there's this one format that shows up a lot, which is just a little bit of text in an image form and it'll be like thanks or okay or or even particularly like thanks Preston you know because Preston right. does things to help or thanks Paula and that's where you set off that's where you started right that that type of emoji was really kind of what got me thinking about the idea because we have these thanks person name that are very useful you know there's where lots of people at postlight who do great things and you want a really easy way of just clicking that thanks you know thanks paul button and you know not have 25,000 people you know write that in the chat there is no thanks paul button just so everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> the co-founders well we'll have to fix that <laughs> okay so i go there and let me let me describe what i see so I go and it says textmoji on the top and I can type in my words. And then as I type them in, there's this nice automatic preview and a set of styles. And so it can look like a Commodore 64 or it can, and it, it sort of figures out how many letters I've got going and sort of fills in the, the space because we're dealing with this very little rectangle here. Yeah, it turns out whenever, whenever the thing that you're building will be seen at, you know, 20 pixels by 20 pixels, slightly larger, the size of it actually matters a lot and the contrast of the colors and there, there's a lot that goes into designing a thing that w looks good at, at small scale so what what we wanted to do with this project is make it easy to m make emoji that look good I personally am not a designer I don't enjoy you know thinking about you know what font I should choose or you know <laughs> do these two colors work you know is the contrast good or bad you know there's so many things that I would rather spend my time thinking about. So uh, whenever I wanted to make an emoji beforehand, I would have to either bug a designer friend or just kind of model through Photoshop and Googling and trying to figure things out. So the purpose of the templates are really to create a good set of emoji that act as a starting point. So one of the cool things about it is that on the first tab, you kind of see the different themes that we've kind of pre-selected, but then you can click over to the customized tab which really allows you to play with all of that. You can, there's a color picker for adding your own custom colors. You can enter in a hex value if you have like a brand color, whatever. And then we have an array of fonts and background shapes that hopefully we really wanted to hit the kind of, there's a sweet spot of like enough variation that it's, that it not all the emoji look the same, but also we didn't want to recreate Photoshop, right? We didn't want to create a photo editing app that does everything that Photoshop can do because why wouldn't you use Photoshop for a Photoshop-sized problem? The problem was I didn't want to open Photoshop, and I knew that this could be simpler. And that's that's what we try to do. And, I mean, there is a certain aesthetic for these that this carries through. Like, I, it's, it's really wild right. because I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen these around. Other Slacks use them. And so it's a nice way to automate that and, and put all the existing Textmoji creators out of business, which is really, you know, <laughs> what we're here to do. By the way, just a, a question. How much does it cost to use Textmoji? <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> it's free, actually. You're uh, kidding. 
Yeah. That's incredibly yeah. generous of you and post slide, Preston. Wow. No, it is. What a gift. What, what a, a gift. gift. <laughs> we'll talk through the process a little bit. So you have this idea. And I mean, actually, people don't know about labs. How is a labs project born? Yeah, so it's pretty simple. We have a we have a Google form that you that has a very kind of simple set of questions. You know, what's your idea? Would you like to build it? Give it an estimate of the size. Just kind of a basic outline of the you know the the napkin sketch of the idea, and then you submit it. And then if it gets picked, then you get a a group of people to work on it. And in this case, it was me as the engineer. I'm a designer named Tina, who was a, a product designer. And then we had a little bit of help from uh, product management from Adam Pash, and then a little bit of copy from, from a few other people. But yeah, it was a fairly small team and it came together quickly, but it went through several iterations of, you know, once the idea had been selected, it was, went through design and, you know, we implemented our whole product design process on it. Tell me about, I know you used it kind of unconventional. First of all, is there any back end at all or is it all front end? It's all front end. All right. So this is fascinating to me. Like there, this is a, a sort of mini platform with no, not, I mean, I'm assuming, hopefully we're like got Google Analytics on so we know how many people are using yeah. it. But it's really <laughs> yeah. just one web page except it's an app. It's kind of the spirit of labs for us, which is constraints, right? Like what can you put? Because this could be, this could turn into 12 people in four months and using graphics cards. But the whole point is what can you pull off and deliver something of value in a very short period of time? What did you use to build this thing? Like, what's the stack here? Yeah, so the stack is pretty simple. It's just a Svelte app. So Svelte is a... Hold on. Truly is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do. I just love it. It's just like, oh, it's a... It's a brittle, brittle, brittle. Guys, no. Okay, yeah. so Svelte. What is Svelte, Preston? Yeah, Svelte is a, Svelte is a JavaScript framework. Oh, a JavaScript um, framework. Yeah, it's JavaScript. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Explain to me as if I only know, I know that JavaScript is a programming language. Right. What is Svelte? Svelte is basically a framework that sits on top of that. So in the way that like React or Angular or these other things are frameworks that utilize JavaScript, to help you write your app, Svelte is just another one of those. But more than a front-end framework, it's a compiler, if we want to get a little bit more technical about it. So Angular and React, like those are really ways, they're ways to kind of manage a lot of the data that runs around in the background of your app, and then they turn it into web components that you can interact right. with. And so where, you know, not parag maybe paragraphs, maybe stuff, but also like color pickers and toggle switches and so on. So you, you, you'd say, here's my data, here are my components, please smush them together. And that's your React and your Angular. What, what is Svelte in comparison? So Svelte lives in kind of a similar world to that. Um, you're still writing components that get rendered to your web page, but being that it's a compiled language, you, in the way that you would with a static site, you kind of build your app and then the, at the end of it, you'll run a build process. I think it's Svelte's build. And then it, it kind of dumps out a lot of HTML and JavaScript that is then served statically by something like Amazon S3 or Netlify or whatever. But the cool thing about Svelte is that it's able to trace the ways that the control flow throughout your, your app, the, the, the way that variables 
um, are passed and are mutated, and it's able to make to write code essentially a lot better than you would that is fast and that is small. It gets it gets it does, it's really good at tree shaking. So if you pull in a library, it actually ends up only including the bits that you use, hmm. whereas some some other you know frameworks may not do that for you. I would say the main takeaway from using Svelte for me honestly was just how nice the developer experience was. I had heard about it. I had seen a few talks by the guy who created it. He's He talks about it very convincingly, at least enough for me to want to try it. And uh, so whenever I had the opportunity to learn a new thing with this labs project, I, I wanted to give it a chance. And it was really a kind of, uh, it was a fun thing to do. The lear- learning of the whole framework was easy and fast because the the surface area of it is actually pretty small, mm-hmm. whereas things like React, you kind of have to, you know, steep yourself in React land. You know, you have to kind of drink the JSX, you know, Kool Aid, and you kind of have to get on board with that universe, get on board with all the kind of norms of that. It felt felt a lot lighter. It felt like you're kind of just writing native JavaScript. There's no Redux. There's no state management. Is actually just mutating variables, which is kind of a, oh, a like, different thing. Like we used to program when we were animals, like animals right. program. So that this felt will, will sort of keep an eye on you and get keep you out of those pickles. Or what? What's exactly. It, okay. Yeah. So, and also, it's uh, there, there's a really good uh, data binding story. So, rather than having to, you know, write an input component, and then like in in React land, you are, you know you're very used to writing these boilerplate kind of like setting up a variable to put the input value into, and then mm-hmm. whenever the input changes, writing the on change handler and all these things. In Svelte, you actually just write an input, and then you can do uh, use a directive, which is kind of like a DOM attribute in Svelte land. Mm-hmm. You just do bind value, and then you pass in your variable, and then just write automatically whenever that input changes, the value changes, and you don't have to worry about like writing the glue. It just kind of like is glued. For Some you. really obvious stuff that yes. you do over and over again. They're like, look, you just want this. When somebody updates a form field, you want it in a variable. I know you. You're not going to yep. want anything different. So let's stop pretending. Let's not, let, we know what this is. Let's not have these exactly. games. <laughs> no more like change event games. It changes, it's in a variable. It's here. Yep. Here. Okay. I mean, I'm looking at the source code of Textmoji as we talk and it, it's generated very clean sort of DOM output with headers and sections and like I'm, I'm not ashamed of this as I am of no. many things that I see on the web. <laughs> right yeah the the output of it is actually a, one of you know a, a really a really nice thing you also you kind of get to write the app as you want to as a developer kind of as you know you don't have to worry about like for example it handles CSS class name collisions for you so in a component you can you know, maybe you say you have an H1 element that is red. In, you know, normal, kind of not using a framework, you would have to create a CSS class, but then because CSS is global, you'd have to make sure that, you know, that class is only used in places where you want it to be red, which in this example, that's easy, but there's a lot of, you know, so much of debugging front-end code is just trying to figure out where like, where the CSS is coming from. Is it, you know, where with the box sizing inheritance? Like, there's all these things. Svelte actually does this for you. So inside of component, you don't even have to worry about classes. You can just write H1 in the script section, and then it automatically generates a kind of hash, a unique class name. Mm-hmm. So you can have two side-by-side components, both of them inside of the component define H1 to be a different color. 
which in normal CSS wouldn't work because they would collide. So one of them would take precedent. But in Svelteland, it just kind of happens automatically. There's a unique string that's generated for you and you don't even have to worry about it. This for me was like the biggest takeaway it was just, it, was, it felt nice to use. It was like pleasantly fast and just like everything kind of like worked as I hoped it would. And I, there really wasn't anything that I was that I was like missing. How do you make so their words become pictures in this app? Yes, yes. How do you make words into pictures on the web so that somebody can download them and put them into Slack? Yeah, this was actually one of the like nice things about this app, and one of the things like the biggest questions, one of the biggest questions going into it. And one of the ones that was that were solved earliest. So after learning that the product had been picked up, like the weekend after that, I was just really excited and I wanted to try and you know figure out how I would go about doing the thing. So I ended up settling on a framework called Pixie, which essentially just kind of are the, the drawing framework. It allows you to do things with graphics and render it either to WebGL or to Canvas. So that's what we're using here. And we render to Canvas. And essentially, we just draw text to a Canvas element. And then there's a the native Canvas element um, in HTML has a method that you can call to get the data of that as a blob, which is kind of like DOM land, just a chunk of data little bit of, mm -hmm. I actually don't know what a DOM looks like inside, like what, what it's a binary format, I think, mm -hmm. but it's just your canvas as data. And then you're able to save that. I, I used a library that saves, it's just literally just downloads the blob and saves it as PNG. It sounds a lot more complicated than it is, but the web is actually set up to do these things fairly well. And another thing that, uh, kind of a subtle thing that kind of shows how cool this is, is that on Textmoji, as you're kind of clicking around, if you're able to see the favicon, like the little badge that is mm -hmm. uh, up beside the, the title bar. The icon for the website. Yeah. Right, the icon for the website. As you're making your, your Textmoji, the favicon actually updates and it, is able to update because the favicon understands a data URL. So the whole time we're kind of just generating, we have a kind of a stringified format of what the canvas should look like. We're able to save that or read it or do whatever we want with it. So when we're, I mean, this is the thing with, with browsers now, right? So when you're talking about Canvas and WebGL, and like a lot of people may not, may not know what those are. A browser is like 20 computers at once. Like it, it, the number one thing it likes to do is show you text in paragraphs. That's the easiest thing to learn. And right. then they go, actually, you know what? I want to be able to draw pictures. And it's like, oh, well, here's some GIFs and JPEGs. Everybody knows what those are. Then they go, well, what if the pictures were like vector graphics? And everybody's like, oh, cool, SVG. This will let me do that. And then they go, well, what if it was actually like an infinite 2D canvas in which I could draw things as if it was like, I don't know, maybe a a 16-bit video game or like a multi-layered Photoshop. And then they're like, all right, how about canvas and then they're like okay but <laughs> right. now 3d and then they go all right webgl plus canvas yep. so this all shows up and then open source nerds and different companies and so on show up and they're like yeah this is way too complicated to just use day to day like it's nice that it's here thank you it's cool we can put the pixel there but we need some library or abstraction that can work and then usually like one or two of those will take off like they'll just be one where people are like oh okay so pixie like pixie lets you kind of get in and mess with that stuff right and in ways right. that doing it kind of quote by hand would be a, a real chore yeah 
Pixie also has a lot of utilities that I used for like the auto sizing. Mm. Like with Canvas, I think it would be really hard to, you have to do a lot of computation yourself to make sure that the text that you're drawing is at a certain size and, you know, keeping the dimensions proper. And there's all these things that... Fitting the words in the little box. This I don't think people get this, right? Like You don't know how wide your letter K is. When you're a exactly. programmer, you have no clue. Like the computer has to tell you that. And, and and it's like telling it to measure that is nowhere near easy. And then if you're using real fonts where they kind of kern nicely together, it's not like it's all the exact same width. Like you're just in a world of, of everything going weird. Oh, it's it's a whole world. There are like experts who think about that stuff. The the, the typography people can go on and on about this. Yep. It's one of those problems. It's like, wow, I guess somebody's thinking about this so I don't have to think about it. And it does it very nicely. All right. So out goes Texmoji into the world one day. What was the hardest part? The hardest part was probably just thinking about all the different ways that people could use it and kind of settling on a user that we were kind of designing for. So in this thing, like the idea was mine. I wanted it for myself. You know, frankly, that's, I, that's kind of, I, I had a, a use case where I wanted to create emoji. I like making emoji for, you know, for the Postlight Slack. I like contributing to that culture that we have going on. And I didn't want to open up Photoshop and I didn't want to open up Sketch. I just wanted a web interface to do that. But I, I realized, and we realized, I realized, I would say later on, the product designers were immediately like, oh, obviously you are not the user. You know, we, we want to design for, we want to make a tool that everyone can use. And I think I certainly, as a developer, as someone who is, you know, very used to using keyboard shortcuts and just like doing all these things, I might make different assumptions about how a website works than someone else might. Humans are simple, Preston. Humans <laughs> want to hit the button. Oh, I don't, I don't, yeah, <laughs> that's certainly true. But I think the kernel of truth in that is that we wanted to get the quickest path between typing in a box and hitting the button with the result of that being something that people are happy to use. Mm -hmm. And I think that it took a lot of thinking about like what types of emoji will people make? What sort of color schemes? And also like the, the people who use Slack range innumerably. Like I have no idea how many millions of people use Slack on this world, but IBM uses it, I think, you know, small design studios. There are people who would probably be scandalized by some of the some of the emojis that others might make. Yeah. Uh, but you know, work cultures differ such that we wanted to make a tool that allowed someone at IBM or someone somewhere else to make a very buttoned up, you know, okay emoji. I'm not sure what sort of what, what sort of emoji they'd be using. But we also want to want to make a you know WTF or a cool 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 or a like mm -hmm. whatever kind of a goofy emoji that, you know, some other that might fit other the culture of another place. So we wanted it to have a wide range while also not seeming like it was stressful to use. We didn't want to overwhelm people with choices. So we kind of finding the right balance of that, I think, was the hardest part for me. I mean, it is hella easy to use once you. Yeah, thank you. No, no, it is. Good job to the team. Right. And once you launched it, what have what have been some surprises? What's happened since it's gone live? I would say honestly, some the the biggest surprise for me is just that it hasn't failed catastrophically. That it has that I that I haven't been you know up all night 
you know, dealing with random like log air, you know, just anything that could go wrong. I think with the tools that we used, with the framework that we used and just the process that we went through building it, I think we set ourselves up for success and Mm -hmm. it works pretty well. The underlying idea of it is fairly simple and the underlying technology is fairly simple as well. It's just kind of gluing the pieces together and I I think that it, it turned out pretty, pretty good. At least I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm enjoying using it. And if anyone else is too, I'm, I'm more than, more than happy. To that is that. such a pure engineer answer too. <laughs> Just like, Hey, what's been the big surprise since you launched this thing and lots of people started using it, that it did not catastrophically fail. It's good. Right. Yeah, what's been the best part of fatherhood that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So look, people should go visit textmoji.app. It's fun. It's like, it's a little random and weird and, and good for your day. You know, what's interesting, Rich, I'm thinking about this talking to you, like so much goes into the little things, right? Yeah. You know, it's that last mile that you start to have to step out of your own interests. And these are the best kinds of projects because, you know, I I wanted it to exist because I wanted it. Mm -hmm. It's actually, it is the purest form of product management is the person that just wants the thing. But then as soon as you head down that road, you realize, okay, wait, is this just for me? Is it oh, really just always, for me? <laughs> Look, I think that should be built into the process, right? Like then other people show up and yeah. then you decide. I'm going to make a boss confession and, and I want to bring pre- – so, you know, we've been working on this on and off for a while. Like not forever, but like a couple months it's been sort of in the queue as, as selling people. And, yeah. you know, mid-pandemic, like there's a lot going on. So like a, a couple weeks ago it came up and it, it was close to launch. And I was like, what the hell is taking so long? What's happening? And then yeah. it launched, and yeah. I, I saw it in that state, and it launched. And I'm gonna be yeah. frank, there's not a huge amount of difference from when I saw it till now, but it was all that fit and polish, and it takes a minute, and it does. It was weird to be the boss. Usually I'm the advocate on the other side, and it was wild to be the person on the other side who's like, oh, come on. And then and to <laughs> kind of keep my mouth shut, because I know better. And then to see it come out and go like, oh, yeah, that's what they were doing. I get it. I, of course, yeah. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. Textmoji.app. It's free of charge, like our other lab projects. It's also worth noting, uh, we have another project for Slack that we've done. Actually, there's a couple, but Dash is one that we use all the time at Postlight. There's a link to that on the Textmoji page, too. So if you hit it, you can see it on the bottom right. Because we're an integrated cross-marketing enterprise, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Preston, thank you. This was really great. It was fun. It's a great project, and it was fun to see how you kind of brought it yeah, all together. Yeah, congratulations on shipping it. Good labs work. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm really happy to be at a place that actually invests in projects like these. I think that there's a number of other places. You know, that I, I, I could have just made this thing myself and not brought it to Postlight, but I'm sure that the thing that is that exists now is like miles and miles and miles better than what I would have come up with. And it's just, it's fun to have, you know, to build a thing that the stakes are relatively low. It's just a fun thing to work on. Wait, hold on. This costs money? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It's good. It's good for the soul. We tell... It is truly good for the soul. And people actually, there's structured time that people can take away from efforts to to work on something like this themselves. Otherwise, what are we doing? Otherwise, what am I doing? Am I doing a point of sale system for for JCPenney? No. Building product. We got (laughs) to keep our skills fresh. Got to engage with the world. This is good. All right. So hello at postlight.com. If you need us, we, uh, we also build things for money.